Welcome to the Breaking the Glass show with TQ Sinkungu. Together we'll dig inside the success stories of people of color and share those stories to inspire you. Then we'll break down their path to show you what they did so you can learn from their wisdom and follow in their footsteps. Welcome to episode four of the Breaking the Glass show with TQ Senkungu. On this show, we share success stories of people of color so you can be inspired by their accomplishments. And we show you step by step how they got there so you can follow in their footsteps. Thank you for your continued ratings and reviews that you're leaving me on iTunes. There's plenty of five star ratings out there and I really appreciate it. If you haven't done so yet and you enjoy the show, please go to leave me a rating or review on iTunes because what it does is it moves me up the rankings in iTunes and it gives me the chance to get into the new and noteworthy section. Once there, lots of people will hear about it and we can spread the word about what we're doing here, Glassbreakers. Please go do that at the end of the show if you've enjoyed what you heard. And this week, if you could just share the podcast with one other person who you know will appreciate what we're doing here on the show. And now on to today's episode. This week, we'll speak with Kayla Griffin. Kayla is someone who I've known for quite some time. We go back to when she was 21 years old and still in college. And now today, she's an owner of a Chick-fil-A franchise that she got when she was only 26 years old. And she did it, started off from working in fries. So she's just like, you remember Calvin on the McDonald's commercials? Like if he ever made it to the end where he owned a spot, that's Kayla Griffin, except for Chick-fil-A. We'll be joining her at her office in Marina Del Rey, and speaking to her about her life and career. She'll talk to us today about the hurt of quitting track at the University of Florida, being a daily reminder to her to never let quitting be a part of her life again. And this is a person who persevered and had to wait over three years from applying to get a franchise and being interviewed and turned down multiple times until she was actually awarded her own franchise. Listen, if you want to own a Chick-fil-A franchise or or own any of your small business or or do anything great, whether it's in the corporate world, whether it's in the entrepreneurial world, whether it's in government, if you want to have massive, successful impact, if you want to be inspired and shown step by step for the key qualities it takes of how to get there, this episode with Kayla provides the map. I mean, she discussed how she just worked with excellence because that's what she did. And that got her noticed to move up the ranks and people to call her and say, hey, you're special. We want to see if you can do more than where you are now. She also has a whole career filled with surrounding herself with highly excellent, successful people, whether it's high performers at Chick-fil-A. Outside of that, in her personal circle, she's connected to attorneys and doctors and professional athletes who are who are aggressive and achieving at a high level, but that helps them mutually push one another to the highest levels of success. And for the young people out there listening, I want you to see that, remember, Kayla got the franchise when she was only 26 years old, and she started that working on fries at 21. I want you to see that you're never too young to achieve amazing success. And she'll show you that her life is an example that working with excellence, as well as being open to the input and critique of people who can help you, mentors who can grow you. And you can season that that knowledge and that humility with some patience and, and wait for the time to get to where you're trying to go. You can achieve whatever it is that you want to achieve. And while I'm especially pointing that out to, to those younger folks in the crowd, this same truth applies to anyone and everyone. So if you would, please enjoy the show with my guest today, Kayla Griffin. Kayla, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. 
I'm happy to be here with you today to just talk with you about your life and your story. Yeah. And um, and let the people know what they can learn to be glass breakers like you. Absolutely. I'll try to do my best. Well, Kayla, let's just do a, a lightning round background. Just tell people a little bit about kind of how you came up, um, your home life a little bit, and just breeze through that to college and, and how you ended up thinking about being um, a owner-operator of a Chick-fil-A franchise. Yeah, so what was life yeah. like starting out? Um, well, I am originally from Orlando, Florida, born and raised, uh, raised by a single mom who, man, so much I could go into, so much I could say about her, but really shaped me into the person that I am today. Um, man was a grinder, had grit, and really, I think, made a choice early on in her life that she wanted to, you know, pun intended for your podcast, like break glass ceilings for her kids. Sure. Um, and so whether it was sacrificing and doing what she needed to do to put us in good schools or getting us involved in sports, um, you know, that was my life. Like I, I had a really good childhood in, in terms of being able to be exposed to just different activities that shaped my mind or opened my mind. Right. All the way such to where uh, I was a Division One athlete, ran track and field at the University of Florida. Go Gators! Yeah, um, okay. Yeah. SEC. Um, graduated from the University of Florida early in 2010, and that's kind of where we met back in the day. Yeah, we came here to LA. So I met you when I man was a sophomore in college. That was <laughs> so long ago. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh huh. It was a sport management major, double minor. And you know what? Like education and athletics was my thing. That's what um, was important. Education was, it was a non-negotiating factor in our household. Can you still Um, run really fast today? I think the question is, do I run today? (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I was a jumper nevertheless. So I I always deflect that question and say like, you know what? I never ran. You know, I ran in high school, but in college I was, I was a jumper. Okay. So I was a long jumper. Okay. What was your longest jump? Uh, 21.6. That's pretty far. I don't think I could ever jump that far. Yeah, but not far enough to make it to the Olympics. So, you know, I had to find other means of occupation. What's one of the things that you pulled out of athletics that um, athletics taught you in terms of what oh, made man. you the person you are today? And what's what's really strong there? You know, like that is, I could write a book on that. I think the biggest thing for me specifically and what I had to deal with and um, I think the things that I had to work on, the... Uh, I mean, it was really my mind and being able to control my mind, yeah. um, being able to control my emotions, um, not allowing, you know, other people or other things to live in my head yeah. um, and being able to press on and move forward. Um, Do you remember any meets or times like you're just having a really difficult time, you yeah. mentally were strong <laughs> and you had to, and it, but you still came through? Man, so I had a stress fracture in my back my Ouch. Uh, yeah, junior year of high school. And, you know, that's the year, like, you're trying to get scholarships. Like, your ideal is, like, your science field delivered going into your senior year. Yeah. And I was, I mean, I was on the struggle bus my entire junior year um, and was doing rehab, had to stop playing basketball for a little while. Um, and that was big for me because I was on a, a an elite travel basketball team. And so, you know, I um, that was the moment where I singled in on one sport. And I was at AAU Nationals. Wow. And, you know, at that point, it was either like, I'm going to jump or I'm not going to jump. You know, mm-hmm. like either I flew all the way to Maryland and, you know, spent my mama's money and yeah. <laughs> we're not going to do anything or I'm going to, you know, double down and, and figure it out. Right. Um, and this was you flew to Maryland for a track meet. Mm-hmm. Okay. Scratched the first two jumps and you get three attempts and long jump. And the third one, it was just like, man, I didn't come all the way here, you know, to just come here like to get this far and right. um you know very early on i had coaches just talk to me specifically about my mind and being able to um 
you know, overcome things just through, you know, thinking positively and challenging myself. And that's what I did. Like I took a second, breathed and ended up getting third place. <laughs> so wow. yeah. At the national meet. Yeah. AU nationals. Um, wow. And, um, you know, I think that that was, it's a story that I don't think about often, but, um, like looking back, I think it's definitely has shaped who I am. What about so. it? Like, so what came out of you? What did you learn to take away from overcoming a stress fracture in your back? Place third place at nationals. Uh, I th- well, simply put, I think that there's a big difference between man. Are you in pain or are you injured? Wow. Um, and that's something that even in my business and even with what I think about now in life, um, I often quote to my my team members and my leaders, but also to myself. Like, wow. man, am I just in pain or am I, am I truly injured? Okay. Um, and at that moment, like, yeah, I had had an injury, but this was more so just the pain of rehab and the pain of overcoming and being in the healing process. Yeah. And being able to say, like, okay, I've been cleared to jump. Like, I'm not injured. Yeah. Like, this is just painful, you know. And I think there's tons of things in life. Like, man, they're painful, but man, we're, we're not hurt. We're not injured. So right. like, let's keep going. Yeah. You know? um, and to achieve anything great, you have to fight through pain sometimes. Yeah. You know, but what's crazy is like on the flip side, I've had moments where, um, man, I wasn't mentally tough in sports. Yeah. You know, I, I made the decision to walk away from track and field. And I think that's also been when was that? on a 180, uh, my soft, my, yeah, my sophomore year in college. Okay. Um, Walked away mid-season for a lot of different reasons, um, but it all boiled down to, man, I just let things get in my head, and I yeah. wasn't mentally tough. And- what was the difference? So in one situation, you um, you were uh, in pain, stress fracture, overcame a third place in nationals, and in college, um, you know, people learn a lot from the from the difficult times as well. Sure. What stopped you and said, let me walk away and, and give in to the pain, so to speak? I was going through a lot in my life at that time. Like my mom had recently been diagnosed with breast cancer um, and she's single, lives alone. So it was also just the, you know, the thought in my head of like, man, I should be there. You know, I should be more accessible. Um, And I went to school two hours away from home. So I could have been, but with track and field coming into play, that made it a little bit more difficult. Um, I think also the challenges of getting to um, the collegiate level and, you know, you're no longer the hot stuff, you know, you're at the bottom of the totem pole and, you're, you know, not just going against people in your city, but, you know, people from across the world, you know, come to the U.S. and play in Division One sports. Right. Um, and I think just that realization as well as knowing, and I'm not going to do this professionally, like right. I may have a gift, but um, on this level, it's 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 not there. Um, and so choosing to walk away um, when things were, were hard mm-hmm. um, and when things got tough and... Um, at the same time, like not fulfilling a commitment that I gave to that team. Right. You know? Do you ever wish you would have stuck it out? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I think one, athletics teaches you so many different things. And, you know, I, I took myself out of that opportunity yeah. to learn. Uh, but at the same time, um, even outside of what what you can learn is what it gives you. Like right. College athletes are... Um, one just afforded a lot of opportunities. Yeah, where to... I went to school, man, they had all the good food. Man. They had like <laughs> specific tables with the best food at lunchtime. Uh, yeah, I mean that that is there. Um, you don't really think about that because you're like, man, I work for this food. Like <laughs> it may be good, it may be different from what the other students are eating, but I worked for it. Right. Um, but even whether it's like tutors, whether it's uh, being able to see different parts of the country, being right. able to meet different people, you know, sports gave me all of that growing up. Um, and to put it on a bigger platform, I walked away. You yeah. know, and um. I often just wonder like what could have been because sure. um, they always say your 
looking back, I probably should have believed it, but like everybody sucks their freshman year. Yeah. You know, everybody's retraining their body, relearning right. mechanics. Um, and the sophomore year is your breakout year. And, yeah. But that's the year I walked away. You know, it's funny because like that seems like a small thing, but I think, you know, a lot of us make transitions from one size stage, so to speak, whether it's high school to college or whether it's like an entry level job to a management level position where that's the part where it gets hard, but it's going to get hard mm-hmm. because you're learning new things. You're in a new environment. But the question is, do you fight through the pain? Do you yeah. fight through the difficulty? Do you fight through the doubt that you have and believe the people who are around you? Or do you persevere and push through to, to where mm-hmm. you can succeed? And, and, and it's good to know, to know that, um, that where you, it may not, it may have worked one time for you and it didn't work this time, but that wasn't the end of the story. Um, but before we move on to the next part of the story, I wonder with your mom, you mentioned she's very important to you, mm-hmm. education and athletics. What are some things around education that she pushed for you or pieces of your character, who you are that, that your, your mom drew, drew out of you? Yeah, I think it's it's more about what education represents than education itself. Okay. Um. So like the expanding of my mind, the ability to, you know, be exposed and to learn um, things that I didn't know that I would like or things that I wouldn't know that I dislike. You know. Yeah. Um, I think it's more about what education affords you than, um, you know, which there are obvious things like, man, math is important, right? English right. is important. Having right. great grammar is important. Um, but it's also about what education allows you to do with Mm -hmm. it, you know, once you possess it. Um, And I think that was the big thing. Not that my mom ever told me that, but looking back that that I guess the influence of, 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 of her pushing education. Yeah, no, that's good. So you went to university of Florida, a decent school in the Southeast, a great school in the Southeast. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing like, you know, the air force Academy or SC, but we're going to keep on moving on from that. Yeah. Let's move on. Yeah. um, And, uh, and then you, you graduated. Early. I did, yes. And and then you found yourself out here in LA and I met you at church. Um, you were coming back and forth during the summertime, but then you moved mm-hmm. out here finally because because I'm so wonderful and you wanted to be around me. The, yeah, wow. that was the only reason actually. Well, boom, there that is. <laughs> but no, you did come out to LA. Yeah. And and so what happened when you got to LA? What what did you do then? The way I was able to permanently move to LA is I was doing an internship. So part of my degree program, um, our last semester is a required internship. Um, and I was doing mine with the Los Angeles Unified School District. Okay. Um, and so I was working uh, in the athletics department, um, specifically in compliance and in um, like regulating like athletic tra- or illegal athletic transfers. So kids okay. going to schools that they shouldn't be going to. Wow. That's, yeah. that's a big business. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm from Texas. So same thing. Like I think my high school now recruits kids to come to my high school from yeah it's, it's different now you know like kids are specifically targeting certain schools or coaches are targeting kids and it's bananas but you had to stop all that criminal activity and um and but then how did you end up from doing that work to where you are uh now at chick-fil-a yeah so that internship was unpaid um and so i needed a job it was one where my mom said, hey, you make the move to Los Angeles. You are self-sufficient. You yeah. are financially on your own. And at that point, I practically was. Um, but, you know, not being at the University of Florida, you know, I'm not afforded all of the you know, financial aid and scholarships that I was able to have. Like, right. you know, no more dining, no more things like that. So being able to pay those expenses, I need another job. Um, so I really just started putting my foot to the pavement and, you know, looked for any job that I could have. You know, when right. you're in college, it's... Your, your humility level rises. Um, and um, it was just about, hey, I need an opportunity. 
Um, and so I saw a now hiring banner for a grand opening Chick-fil-A. And at that point, hadn't seen a Chick-fil-A at all in Los Angeles. Right. Um, and that ended up being um, our very first location in LA City. Yeah. Um, and I'm being from Florida, very familiar with Chick-fil-A. My yeah. brother had worked for Chick-fil-A in high school and college. Um, so I knew what a great company that it was. Um, but at that time, it was just a semester job. Okay. Um, I had told that operator, um, that's what we call franchisees, uh, hey, I just need a job for the semester. Then I'm flying home to graduate. Yeah. And he said, yeah. <laughs> okay. And was this Jeremiah that was operating? This was Jeremiah Chilpom. Okay. Yeah. So we've known Jeremiah a long time. This is mm-hmm. a pretty good guy in the Chick-fil-A yeah, um, guy. in the industry. And so you told me working for a semester and then flying home, what happened? Man, so probably... And, and people don't understand when you... So you're a college graduate working for free for LAUSD. Well, no, at this point I was still... In, I was a college senior. Okay. So I was a semester away from graduating. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so you were coming to work for a semester mm-hmm. on fries. Like you were sweeping the floor at night. You were. Yeah, I was fries. just a team member. Like yeah. I was a cashier. Um, so I was making eight fifty an hour. Yeah. First day I was cleaning the dining room, cleaning the restrooms, taking orders, squeezing lemons. Yeah. Um, that, that was the day to day, you know? Okay. Yeah. And so tell me, how did it, how did it end up lasting longer than that? Man, pretty cool story. So I think with anything, just like the question you asked, what did sports teach me? Um, and I think it taught me commitment, you know, that's a big one. Um, and to be committed and to put my all in everything that I do. And so even from a team member level, um, you give a hundred percent, 110% with everything that you do and going in with that mindset, um, you know, I, I was given the opportunity to be noticed by Jeremiah and by other people of influence to notice my integrity and my work ethic. Right. Um, and he pulled me aside probably 30 days in um, and just gave me encouragement. And, you know, at that point, I just was like, man, thank you for telling me a job well done. Um, but in his mind, he was already looking at me from a leadership perspective. And, okay. um, you know, on whatever end of the scale that that looked like at the time. Um, a month later, um, got promoted to being a manager. Um, you was a manager at Chick-fil-A in one month? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So, And it, that just came from hard work. Yeah. To be honest, it just came from, you know, putting my head down and doing, um, man, the job that I was hired to do, yeah. you know, and, and but not overlooking that as important, you know. I think, you know, it's interesting. I, I, when I, uh, as a company I worked at where I was really eager to try to get promoted and get higher opportunity and I asked my boss's boss, what, what I have to do, like, what should I do to get promoted? What things do I need to make sure that I handle? And he said multiple times, just do really well at the job you got right now. Yeah. And that's exactly the same thing that you experienced without even thinking about it. You weren't, you were thinking this is just a six month job, whatever, four months and I'm, I'm going home. Mm -hmm. Um, But working hard got you recognized. Again, it's something like I didn't seek that out, you know, like I honestly didn't want to seek it out. Like it was just a six month job for me. Um, But I think it goes to show just like what hard work and integrity and work ethic can give you, Right. you know? And at that time, even when I got promoted, I wasn't thinking about Chick-fil-A as a career, but I knew um, to capitalize on opportunities to where, whether this ended up being something else, like I was going to make the most of what's in front of me right now. Did you, so getting hired for Chick-fil-A, was it hard to do? Like, did you, (laughs) like, does it, because part of the thing we want to do here is tell people how to do stuff. Was it, was it hard to get a job at Chick-fil-A? What'd you have to do to get hired there? (laughs) Um, well, I hope I don't discourage anybody at this answer. No, it it wasn't, you know, in terms of being a team member now it's much harder, you know, um, the business is a lot different, but what's harder about it. I think one, like 
you know, our, our brand is, is very well known. Um, yeah. and I think, um, so many operators who come in, this is one, their livelihood. So they want to have the same mindset and do the best that they can and offer the, you know, the best quality product, the best service, but you need the best people to be able to do right. that, you know, and in the age where, man, like kids are learning how to code in like elementary and middle school, like yeah. kids are coming up with more gifts and talents and, um, being educated on, you know, interview prep, just different things like that. To so where, you're saying you, you should interview prep for a job to make fries at Chick-fil-A? Yeah. I mean, I think you, one, you should prep with anything that you do, okay. you know, whether the word interviews in front of it or not. But yeah, I think, man, no matter what, like what you put, um, you know, your head and your heart to, like you should prepare. But specifically like to get hired now, someone wants to be working and, and get a job at Chick-fil-A, even if it's a summer job, like my nephews were trying to get hired at Chick-fil-A. Mm-hmm it's not a game anymore to get hired. No, it's not. Um, cause you know, just speaking for myself, cause that's, that's all I can do. Like I want to be the best, you know, I want others to succeed, but I do want to be the best. Right. And, um, with that means, man, I got to recruit a quality squad. I got to recruit people who, you know, want to show up to work, who, who want to learn, who want to grow themselves. Yeah. And, you know, I think a testament to wh- where we've come, like there's a lot of people who want to do that, yeah. you know? And so how do you set yourself apart? Yeah. And I think that's a, a key point that now with, like you said, kids are coding in elementary school. So the quality of the workforce is getting higher and people talk globally about um, how difficult it is to get jobs and they want certain wages to increase. But you got to have the skills mm-hmm. to demand those wages. And, and you're saying that it's tough to get hired than now, which is important, I think, for people to know. Yeah. Um, beyond that. So you, you you're at Chick-fil-A. You get noticed by Jeremiah and, and some other upper influential people. Mm-hmm. Um, what happened next? I think it was. Did you make it back to Florida, by the way? Okay, just to graduate. Yeah. 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 So kind of like moving forward and coming back. I flew home to graduate. But part of that story is um, while I was working for Jeremiah, he pulled me aside and he just said, hey, Kayla, like, you know, it really seems like you you love what you do and you enjoy what you do. Did you? Um you know, at that time, like I did, but I didn't want to admit it. I didn't want to, you know, give him the satisfaction of knowing okay. that he was right because Chick-fil-A just wasn't in my plans at the yeah. time. You know, What like, was in your plans? Um, so I was, I've always been a planner, like whether there was an actual plan or not, like I've always been someone who, you know, had planned out my life and what I wanted to do. And a lot of that was just living the example my mom lived for me. Yeah. Um, and she worked for State Farm Insurance for over 30 years and um, I, at that point wanted to be a state farm agent. Okay. Um, so still entrepreneurial in nature, yeah. um, but nothing in the, the food industry. You sure. Know? Um, so you didn't want to admit it to Jeremiah. No. And, and you know, that's also just his personality and yeah. he's, he's great with people and great at recognizing talent. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's one of his gifts. And so just even that satisfaction of telling him that he he's right. right, you know, yeah. but he was, and that's why it's a gift of his. But, um, yeah, so he pulled me aside and just said, you know, whether you see it or not, like, you know, everybody can tell that you enjoy what you do and you enjoy yeah. the people aspect. You enjoy the grind, the business part. Hmm. Um, man, have you ever thought about pursuing Chick-fil-A as a career? And, you know, obviously I said no. And he was like, well, have you ever thought about doing what I do? And at that point I had a really limited scope of and understanding. What did he do? Yeah. I, but that that's it. Like I had a, a small scope of what he did. Okay. Um, you know, just from a team member looking at the owner perspective um, and only being two or three months in. So just so so it's clear, and people may not know, Jeremiah, he owned the Chick-fil-A you were working at. Correct. Yeah. So he was the franchisee, yeah. um, which we call owner-operators. Yeah. Um, and so he was wondering, did, had you ever thought about being like him and owning your own place? Yeah. How old were you at the time? 
I was 21. Yeah. So that's pretty early on that he recognized your talent. Mm -hmm. So go ahead. But it's something that I am so incredibly grateful for. And just even his constant man just pushed for me to think about it. Um, And when I told him, no, like, you know, I'm cool. Like he, this guy just asked me, Hey, just think about it. And I was like, you know, like I've got this plan. I'm going home to graduate and start my life. And um, when he asked me like what that entailed and my answer was, I don't know. He's like, it doesn't doesn't seem like you have a plan. Right. Um, So he said, Hey, why don't you just take 30 days to think about it? Sure. Um, And I, you know, agreed and said, Hey, you know, I can oblige. I can do that. And about two weeks in, um, just through prayer, I realized, man, you know what? Like I, I do love what I do. I do mm. love this industry. I love this company, um, and everything that it, it has given me thus far. What, so what are some things, two or three bullets that you loved about it so much? About Chick-fil-A or just about the job in, in general? Both. You know, Chick-fil-A is such a, it's such a unique company. Um, and it's one where, you know, it's a family owned business, you know, yeah. Chick-fil-A corporate, at least like. Um, still owned and operated by the Kathy family, the values that Truett, our founder, has put into place. Like I could feel that as a team member, you know. So we during grand opening, like Chick-fil-A likes to do it big, and they bring in a, a trainer team, which is individuals from other Chick-fil-A's from around the country, and just how they love on the team, how they encourage the new team members. Like you could feel that day one, and it right. was a feeling I hadn't experienced in any other job or any other platform, um, as well as development. Yeah, and whether or not I said I wanted to be an operator or not, like I was still going to get developed. Mm. And I think in, you know, times like this now you get developed as a means to an end for the company, right. you know, and not just because, Hey, I care about you and Hey, I, I want to help you get better. Um, and really that employer promise of, you know, we're going to make you better in Chick-fil-A and beyond. Yeah. Well, that's cool. I, I think people don't recognize sometimes that you may go to work somewhere, but if you want to make progress, you should be at a place that wants you to be a better person and professional Mm -hmm. so you love chick-fil-a they could tell you liked it and then he asked you did you want to be what he was yeah and so about two weeks after giving that some serious thought you know it kind of was one of those gribbling moments where i just said you know what like i need to stop running from this opportunity Mm. um stop running from being developed stop running from somebody who man sees something in me that i may not see yeah uh but just because i don't see it doesn't mean it doesn't exist it's interesting because jeremiah was obviously a a influential mentor to you. Mm-hmm. And what I think, I know for me early on, I didn't always have people to help me stop and think. Yeah. And that was really helpful for you, it sounds like. Yeah. He's, I think, you know, our relationship has been blessed where one, he has a voice that um, in my head listens to. Yeah. Um, Cause I think that's half the battle. Um, and there's just this uncanny trust that we have for each other. Sure. Um, and so, yeah, so he had that place in my life and was able to speak into things, but also was willing to listen. Yeah. You know? So you now what happened next? Like you, you said you just went back to, you decided you wanted to stay with Chick-fil-A. You, did you go back, touch home in Florida, then come back and move back out here? So I had expressed very early um, to him, like, hey, if I'm going to make this commitment and I'm going to pursue Chick-fil-A, um, man, that I was scared. Uh, yeah. And I wasn't afraid to tell him that. And and his humility took that and took it as honest. Mm. Um, and his response to me was, hey, you know what? Like, as long as you're out here, as long as you're working for me, like, I'll make sure you're taken care of. Yeah. Um, and that was just you know, a mutual understanding, like I'm trusting his word and trusting that he would be a man of honor to, you know, to return that 
back to me. Um, and so as long as I was working for him and as long as I was giving my all, like he would make sure that he was pouring into me as much as he, as much as he could. So what did that look like as you were progressing? What did his support of you look like in terms of training and such? Um, just routinely meeting up for one-on-ones. Um, and those one-on-ones were very structured, uh, where it talked about my personal life, um, to want to make sure like, man, I was mentally healthy, physically healthy. Cause I was still working at LAUSD. Yeah. Um, so I was working two full-time jobs plus, you know, still I was a student. Um, and so I, I still had papers to turn in and to make sure that I had life balance and quality of life. And, uh, at the same time, you know, similar to my mom putting books in my hand, mm. um, sending me to whether it was conferences or seminars to, um, help grow my own development and my own leadership. And, uh, at the same time, also exposing me to, um, situations and examples within the business that stretched me, you yeah. know, like, you know, every time I called him, he didn't answer, you know, there, there were many times where I knew, you know, sending me to voicemail was his way of telling me like, Hey, you got to figure this out. What's you know? a problem that you, you feel like you needed his help, but he didn't answer and you, you handled it anyway, or, or a type of problem that was like that. <laughs> the, the day-to-day business, I guess. Um, a type of problem. I mean, not that I have a specific example in my head, but I mean, I think it's anything of just I made a mistake with daily financials. What do I do? So you know? like, what kind of mistake? I think mistakes of, man, there, there's money missing, you yeah. know, or um, I input something into the computer wrong, or um, I was in charge of ordering inventory and, yeah. you know, forgetting that a holiday is coming and forgetting, hey, I need to order more product. And, you and know, what kind of dollar mistake is that? Like, what's the monthly budget of a Chick-fil-A? I mean, I think it depends on what you're looking at, but in some regards, let's just say a lot. Yeah. Um, but even in some regards, like, a little. Like millions in terms no, of like the stuff no. that you... At the same time, for myself, like it didn't matter if it was a dollar. It didn't matter if it was, you know, a thousand dollars. Like knowing I, that I I'm, had made a mistake was, man, like killed me. And I'm not, I'm asking that not to make it big, but just let people know you had a lot of, he gave you a lot of responsibility. Yeah. yeah. And so you had the opportunity early on to be trusted in order to grow. Even though you may have been making a eight fifty, ten, twelve dollar an hour job, mm-hmm. you didn't look at that like, oh, I'm not getting paid enough. Yeah, you took the experience as more valuable, from what I'm hearing, than just getting a particular paycheck because you were looking down the road. Absolutely, but I think it, it also was just the integrity of knowing. I mean, I work for a small business owner, yeah. So everything that I'm dealing with, everything that passes through my hands, is his income, you know, right. as well as just knowing I want to do a great job and I don't want to make mistakes. As if you know, I can help that. Um, so again, like it didn't matter if it was, you know, something that was small or even like making a mistake on the schedule or something that was big, you right. know, a multi-thousand dollar mistake. It was just, man, I messed up, you know, and so, I care about your business enough to, Hey, I'm going to call you cause I need help. Yeah, no, that's, 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 that's awesome, man. And, and I saw some of this stuff. So firsthand, <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely, I, I came into the store. We talked about some of these experiences that you had and, at first at the Chick-fil-A where you worked mm-hmm. um, here in LA. And then I think you also worked in Hollywood some. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing that I wonder about that I think people would be understand is at this point, you're 21, 22, and you've decided you want to own your own Chick-fil-A. Yeah, I was still 21. Um, so Christmas came around. I, I graduated uh, in the winter semester, flew home to graduate, was home for a week, got some time you know, off from the business. But not really because Jeremiah gave me a checklist of things like, hey, while you're home, like this is this is your moment. So yeah. study up, do what you need to do because right. the moment you touched ground in LA, like we're going to work. Wow. Um, and that's literally what happened. Like I came back and 
it was just like all systems go and we moved from there. What did the, so you're, you were 21 at the time. Mm-hmm. What did the experience look like? So how do you get from there to now you own a Chick-fil-A? What, give us a, uh, you know, kind of a, a trip through the next period of time with your experience at Chick-fil-A. So the next step was becoming a, a grand opening certified trainer. Um, it's a program that Chick-fil-A Inc. has where um, individuals who work in their local restaurants can join a trainer team, get certified, um, and fly around the country as trainers, training new team members of grand opening restaurants. Right. Um, and so I did my first grand opening at five months um, with Chick-fil-A experience. And that happened to be local in, in Brea, California, but I also had the opportunity to fly to St. Louis and Knoxville um, and just ar- around the country. And I think one, that was my first taste of I didn't know what other opportunities were out there in Chick-fil-A, but right. I knew if that was a shadow of it, like I wanted it. I wanted a piece of it. Yeah. Um, and it was and just you were a kind cool of fortunate. Experience. Like Chick-fil-A is growing at this time mm-hmm. and you, you kind of, you were lucky, blessed, fortunate to be able to get in at the right time. Yeah. I mean, I, th- I think it was all God's timing. And yeah. um, at the same time, like Jeremiah always says, like, man, luck is when preparation meets opportunity, oh, yeah. you know? And, yeah. and that was it. Like, I had to make sure I was prepared when the opportunity presented itself. Sure. So you're opening places around the country. Then what happened? So I, I started as a grand opening trainer. Um, and that was an, an awesome platform just to uh, get exposure um, yeah. to other franchisees, to other people of influence, um, and specifically a title called the grand opening supervisor. Mm-hmm. And these are the um, pretty much the supervisors over the opening, um, you know, the head men and women in charge. Was lucky enough to be seen um, by some pretty heavy hitters who recognized, uh, again, my work ethic and um, what I'd like to call talent and kept inviting me to other openings and also was developing me while I was at these openings for two and three weeks and asking me, hey, what are you working on? What are you studying? What is Jeremiah working with you on? And if you know, I, if something didn't make my list, they were adding something to it and wow. um, said, hey, again, really similar conversation. Have you ever thought about doing what I'm doing? Yeah. You know, and my response was, no, I didn't know that that was such a thing. And, you know, them educating me on what the next step would be. So I don't want you to, you know, talk negatively about anybody. So answer this question as as much as you want to, but is Chick-fil-A a place that they just push people to do better? And so everyone gets the kind of treatment that you got? Interesting question, because I think it's really similar to just like my life in general and, and who you surround yourself with. But yeah. at the end of the day, like Chick-fil-A is a very development focused company. Yeah. Like we're a very growing growth minded company. And you know, that starts at the top with, um, with our CEO and our president. But at the same time, I think that's, um, you know, that drips down the organization all the way to the team member level, you know, like it's kind of like greatness follows greatness sort of thing. And, um, and I guess this, I'm going to, to ask you this to, I, so I get that Chick-fil-A does that. Do you feel like what you did, because, you know, there's a, a proverb that says that to see a man skilled in his ways and you'll be ushered in front of important men. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, if you are good at what you do, you'll get great opportunities. And yeah, that sounds like that. that's what you did. You just were doing really well and people saw it. So they recognized it and pulled you aside. Do you feel like that's what happened or do you think you're nothing special and everybody gets that treatment at Chick-fil-A? Yeah, I do think that, man, I worked really hard and, and got noticed, but wasn't working hard for that for that purpose. Of course. Um, but as you advance in the company, it's similar. Just, man, I have friends who are doctors. I have friends who play professional sports. Like I surrounded myself with uh, people who are very like-minded. And so it's it's hard to answer that question because- 
I almost feel like the people group, even within Chick-fil-A that I surround myself with, like everybody is in my circle is growth minded. Mm. Everybody is aggressive to what they want to do. Mm. And that's not that I sought those people out, but I think it's, you know, birds of a feather flock together. Yeah. But that is, um, I think on the, on the higher level in Chick-fil-A, that's, man, I'm, I can't obviously, you know, say that's a hundred percent, but of it's a, almost everybody that I see is, we're a company of people who are dedicated to what they do. Now, obviously on the team member level, and that's that's different. You can't have those expectations. But I mean, had to start there. Had to start on the team member level, and me saying, "Hey, you know, like whatever I do, I'm going to work at it with all my heart." Yeah. You know? And when you say team member, you mean person working in the individual Chick Fil A, like a cashier, you know, somebody working on the cook line, someone working in the dining room. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I think that's interesting. That what you did naturally is a lesson people can take away that who you surround yourself, and we hear this all the time. You're the average of the five people you surround yourself with. Mm-hmm. Um, you chose to surround yourself with people who were trying to fly high and trying yeah. to do a lot, trying to do really well. And were aggressive about their, their goals. Yeah. And I think that that's a testament to how our company is, is, has become what we are today and how, you know, we are, we are leading our industry yeah. um, because it's, you know, one like, well, one growth minded man surrounded himself um, with like-minded individuals mm-hmm. with the same values and, um, the same work ethic and they grew a, you know, a small chicken business to what it is today. Yeah. So I, it's a question of, are you, are people building their network with people who are of the mindset of where they want to go? It's kind of like, if you're the best person, the most, the smartest, the most aggressive, the strongest person in your group, you need to upgrade your group. Yeah. And you know what, like the scariest thing I think in my, my current life is just, I always get afraid that as the as the owner operator with me at the top of the organization, how am I growing? Who's challenging yeah. me? Um, and how so you, it's well, go ahead. Sorry, man. It's it's just been a push to find other individuals to stay connected with other individuals because when you're at the top, it's you know, there's there's going to be that barrier between you and the team where they're afraid to give you feedback or they yeah. they don't want to tell you about yourself or they don't want to tell you areas that you can grow. And so I've had to be really intentional um, to ensure that I keep going down that path. So. Um, Let's get back to the story. So you're moving through Chick-fil-A opening stores. How long was it between your five months in your opening stores? How long did it take and how many different jobs did you have to get from there to owning your own Chick-fil-A? Um, well, so being a, a grain opening trainer, I was still employed by Jeremiah. Um, I was just dual employed with, with Chick-fil-A Inc. doing that. Uh, so I did that and then I became a grain opening supervisor excuse me. And that's a position where, uh, now it's called the leadership development program with Chick-fil-A yeah. where they take just hungry, um, high potential leaders within the restaurant, um, and give them a platform to learn and to be exposed and, um, work with tons of men and women, both internal and external who are opening up their Chick-fil-A, mm. uh, uh, and these are men and women, whether they are internal candidates or external, meaning they're coming from other industries and other professions um, and embarking on, you know, this restaurant opportunity. Right. Uh, and it was a it was a platform where I mean, you're rubbing shoulders with the best of the best, you know, operators who either this is their second and third Chick-fil-A opportunity, they're relocating um, or new operators, whether they were five star generals in the army or. Uh, were teachers or worked for Fortune 500 companies. Right. Um, it was another mentorship, essentially, um, where I was moving from state to state every, you know, six to eight weeks. Hmm. And so, next, like, how did? So, what were the steps? How how many years was it from? How many? How long did you do that? 
what was the steps from there to getting to be able to own your own Chick-fil-A? I did that. Um, that's a two-year program. Yeah. Um, and so I was a grand being supervisor. And then when I realized that I felt called to be in LA, I walked out of that opportunity and went back into the restaurant and went back to work for Jeremiah okay. for a year, which is really uncommon. Um, but I was waiting for an opportunity in LA because okay. I didn't want to just go anywhere. So you could have, could you, you think you could have opened your own store sooner if you were willing to be anywhere? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so you knew what you wanted and you wanted to do what it took to get to where you had to go. Yeah. How long did you have to wait to get your own store? I worked for Jeremiah for about a year after that. Okay. And what's the process of, because I, I remember this time where you were uh, interviewing for opportunities to get your own store. What's that process like as much as you can talk about it? <laughs> so I put in my application in 2000. 13 or 2014. I can't remember the exact dates, but I was in the grand opening supervisor program. Um, you put in the application, uh, online, just like any other, you know, applicant, whether they're within Chick-fil-A or not. And, um, you go through a series of interviews, um, whether it's like a phone or video conference interview, and then a series of in-person interviews. If you happen to make it out of, um, the in-person one-on-one interview, um, that's when you start to interview for specific opportunities um, and where you start to dial in, you know, regionally and then within certain markets and then all the way down to like, okay, that particular restaurant. Okay. Um, And so I went through each phase. Um, So, uh, and they don't do this anymore, but I went through a a regional phase where you did a round robin interview to just interview for the West coast um, to say, Hey, I want to be an operator on the West. And you were interviewed by who? So that was a round robin of six different people. They were all business consultants. Okay. Um, and that's a role within Chick-fil-A corporate. Okay. So they did any, were there any of them Chick-fil-A owners? Were any of those people Chick-fil-A owners? No, they were all business consultants. I mean, uh, they were corporate employees. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so they interviewed you. So now you know you went on a Chick-fil-A. You have to apply. Anybody can. Anybody can apply online to yeah, Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A receives over 20,000 um, expressions of interest a year. Eek. How many new Chick-fil-A's open every year? We open about uh, 85 to 90. Wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. So they, they say it's it's harder to get into Chick-fil-A than it is the NBA. Oh, so. shit. <laughs> okay. Wow. That's that's a heck of a a gauntlet you had to run through there. Yeah, yeah. And so you're competing, like you said, with the best of the best, just like anybody else. Do you feel like working from inside gave you an advantage? I mean, I think sure. Like one of the things that Chick-fil-A provides itself on is... Um, man, seeing that team member to operator, like fruition of growth, you know, and, um, I think it's a perfect example of, um, the legacy true it wanted to start, but we also select externally. Um, so advantage, like for me and where I was at in my life, yeah, that was the only advantage I I would have been able to have because I didn't have work experience outside of Chick-fil-A, not significantly, you know? Um, and so the trade-off for not having certain life experience or work experience was, I mean, I know this restaurant in and out, you know, like I've been here, pun intended, I guess for our competitors, but I've been in this, this game for, for years at that point. Mm -hmm. Um, I know how to run a restaurant. So how many years from application to, before we get there, actually, how many times did they tell you effectively tell you no, that this wasn't your opportunity? So the restaurant I have now, this this was the third store that I interviewed for. Over how long of a period of time? Um, about two years. So you had to wait two years and not be one of the 90 people out of the 20,000 that apply to get your own store in a, in Los Angeles, which is probably a pretty highly sought after market. Correct. Yeah. And, and 
so a couple of questions about that. One of them is how did you how did you stick it out? Because if I'm not mistaken, you could have also done franchise opportunities outside of Chick-fil-A if you wanted to, or you could have gotten frustrated and quit, or you could have said, you know what, they're, they keep saying, no, they're never going to let me have it. Now we're back to that back injury situation, back yeah. to that, you know, Florida situation where, you know, you had to make the choice of sticking it out or walking away. What this time made you say, I'm going to endure the whatever level of pain you felt and talk about if you had any of that to say I'm going to persist and, and, and get my dream, my goal. Yeah. So I think the pain of, of quitting was, man, was monumental for me. The pain of quitting and walking away from track and field is something that I think about almost every day. Wow. Um, and it was something that I didn't want to repeat again. Mm. And I knew that, hey, if I wasn't going to be a Chick-fil-A owner operator, it wasn't going to be because of me. Right. Yeah. It was going to be, hey, I'm not, I'm not qualified or I'm not a good fit. That was going to be my reason, right. but not because, hey, I made the choice to walk away. What made you do that, though? Like, what what changed in you that that made you say that statement so resolutely? The feeling of regret sucks, <laughs> you yeah. know? The feeling of regret of knowing, like, and what could have been or not knowing what could have been and um, not being able to go back and change things is, it was something that I didn't want to relive and a feeling that um, as far as I was going to control was, was not going to be within my influence. Mm. Okay. When, when would you say it got the hardest in there? When I made the decision to leave, um, the grand opening supervisor program. Okay. And essentially take a step back and go, uh, inside the restaurant Mm. and, and, and be the general manager of Jeremiah's restaurant because it's, I mean, I'm back to being somebody else's employee back in the restaurant, back in, um, you know, the daily grind of not knowing what could happen. Yeah. Um, whereas, you know, there's that chance where, you know, I could take my talent elsewhere. Yeah. When you got the position, getting to be an owner of a Chick-fil-A since it's so competitive, what are the key characteristics that you feel like you had? Because you've opened the stores now. You've seen people do well, probably in some paper, maybe not do well. You train people about how to be successful at having a Chick-fil-A. Inside of you, what are the key qualities and characteristics you had to have to get the opportunity to open a Chick-fil-A. What are the key characteristics that you have to have to get the opportunity? What do you, what do you think it was in you? I'm talking about you. What did Kayla have? What was, what did you have in terms of your character and your characteristics that allowed you to get it? You know, like I've really tried to define myself um, with grit, uh, with everything that I do of just like, man, never giving up, never ceasing, always trying to go after what you want. And um, man, never closing doors for yourself. Cause I think that people do that sometimes. Yeah. Um, and it, I think it, it permeates through, you know, Chick-fil-A and, and what I do there and, but also other areas of my life. But, you know, I think also when you say never closing doors, what do you mean? Cause I think you can, um, subconsciously close doors for yourself just by giving up just mm. by, and you could still be pursuing something, but have already given up, you right. know, by not pursuing it with just as much passion mm. or, or aggressiveness as you were, you know, prior. And for me, it was, you know, going back to, similar to just being a team member, like whatever I do, like I'm going to give my best and I'm, I'm going to approach it with the same level of intensity, um, as anything else. And, um, I wasn't, I wasn't going to stand in my own way, you know? Mm. So suffice whatever experience I thought I had or however far I, I, I was at that point, like I was still going to read as much as I could read, still put myself in front of people, um, to receive feedback, 
uh, go to different conferences to learn. Um, I was still going to do all that I could do to make sure that when I'm the best candidate I can be, when you know my name is called for an interview, or even just the best operator I can be by the time my store opened. Hmm. So that's really good. Do you do you pursue excellence? for the sake of being excellent or was your goal of being an operator still in your mind or, or was it both of those? Well, I don't, I don't think I pursue excellence for the sake of being an operator. I think I pursue excellence because it's what I'm called to do. Um, I think just even with my faith, I believe that again, like I've probably said it three or four times, but like, man, whatever you do, you work at it with all your heart as if working for the Lord and not for man. Um, and that doesn't matter what I'm doing, you know, like whether it's, in my literal profession or whether it's, um, you know, a hobby that I'm doing or if I'm volunteering, like, and don't go show up to some place to volunteer and just, you know, half it, you know? And yeah. so for me, it wasn't the end goal of, Hey, I, I'm working hard just so I can become an operator. It's, I mean, I work hard because this is the name that my mom has given me. And I want to make sure that that's a good name, you yeah. know? And anytime that someone says Kayla Griffin, that there's, um, man, no evil spoken of, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, that's big. That, that I like that. Um, so when you finally, you waited long after all them long, three, four long years, <laughs> they said, yes. Yeah. Tell me about what the year smile is so big. It looks like you remember. What did that feel like? Oh my gosh. Uh, I cried my eyes out, but um, I think it was just a, a moment of, of joy, a moment of, um, man, just like a dream kind of finally coming to fruition. Uh, I, at the same time, like I can't explain it because I had so many feelings at the time. Yeah. Um, and all I could think about is just my journey, but not just within Chick-fil-A, but just in life. And, um, when you do work hard with everything you do, it's tiring, you know? And, and just that sigh of relief of, man, I didn't work hard for nothing. Like, you know, if you put your best foot forward, if you give your best, like great things will come. That's awesome. You, I wish you could see the smile on this girl's <laughs> face when she thinks back to it, because that must have been a good day. Yeah. You know, it's definitely one for the books. Um, but at the same time, I think it, it, the reason why I smile is because it, it just reminds me of all the people who've helped me along the way. Yeah. And for me, it was my way of just saying thank you. You know, I, I remember I, I might have shed a tear too. You know, <laughs> saying I've been raining at my house when I heard the news. Yeah. Um, what, so you said that people helped you along the way. Who are some of the mentors you've had? Because obviously, you know, you've talked a lot about people who have helped you. Who are some of the mentors you've had that have kind of helped you get to where you are? Yeah. You know, I'm not going to like make a plug for the guy who runs this podcast named TQ, <laughs> but uh, we used to sit in the dining room at the Chick-fil-A at USC and just talk about, man, what frustrates me? Like, how do I deal with a certain situation? How can I communicate better? Um, and I think like a lot of people look at mentorship and, you know, it can be really intimidating of like, man, let me walk up to someone else. I'm like, can you mentor me? But it's also just capitalizing on the people you have in your life and who are subject matter experts or who have certain gifts and just saying, Hey, can we talk? And, Mm -hmm. um, you were able to do that for me and I'm extremely grateful. And also Jeremiah, other, uh, owner operators within our chain, also people that were, that were my peers. I think you can kind of, you know, co-mentor each other because you all have different gifts and different strengths. Sure. And, 